0: They're here, they're queer, and they're coming for your children. Don't take it from me. Take it from the actual marchers. Actually, you can take it from us, but you can also take it from them. Marchers in the New York Pride event over the weekend, letting us know what their true intentions are with the society, the culture, and your children. We'll talk about that today, plus the South Carolina State Supreme Court. Here's oral arguments in the case of the heartbeat law in South Carolina. All of that and more today on the Palmetto Family Matters Show. We will get to how they're coming for your children and Richard Levine telling us that it needs to be a summer of pride We have a new electoral preview map for 2024. It is uh, Decision Week from the U.S. Supreme Court. We're getting a lot of uh, decisions there. We have one that we want to talk about at the end of the show, but first we start you with an introduction. Welcome into the Palmetto Family Matters Show. I'm Justin Hall. Mitch Prosser here with you. This is Thursday, June 29th. In the year of our Lord, 2023, it is 1037 a.m. before the We, <laughs> we won't recur to, the morning hour. we got a, lot, a uh, we late got a, start today. we got a late start today, but that's okay. Um, a lot of show prep. That's a lot of, <laughs> really yeah, what it going yeah, to of, an
1: action-packed show today. A
0: lot of show prep, and we're doing that because there are stories breaking throughout yeah. the day, and there's one that broke right before we came on yes. uh, to record this, so we included that into the rundown late. Tuesday, we haven't been with you this week, and so we appreciate your patience as we deal with uh, life things. Um, we have... The state Supreme Court, we were in the room. Yes. We were in the courthouse. Uh, It's really funny. I had jury duty a couple of months ago, and I had to drive into downtown Lexington because I live in Lexington County, and I got summoned to the main courthouse, which is never a good thing because that isn't just traffic court, right? Like, that's something serious. And so you get there, and you spend your whole morning, and you drive 30 minutes into downtown Lexington, and it takes forever to get anywhere into Lexington. And so you get there, and you sit, and you... You're just sitting in this rickety pew type thing, and then they come. The clerk comes out and says, "Well, they've settled, and so you can all go home. We'll send you. We'll we'll mail you your thirteen dollar check." And um, I leaned over to Mitch. We were sitting in the we were sitting in the Supreme Court, <laughs> and uh, I leaned over. I said, "Last time I was in a courthouse, they settled out of court. You don't think that'll happen again today, do you?" <laughs> Probably not. It did not happen. Shockingly, yeah. Uh, this, of course, if you're unaware. Planned Parenthood South Atlantic and Greenville Women's Clinic, amongst others, have sued the state of South Carolina because of the passage of, and I'm calling it its actual name, S-474, not S-B-474. This is not Virginia, nor is this the federal Federal. government, that S-474 is a violation of Section 1, Article 10, I think I've got that right, ...of the South Carolina State Constitution, which does enumerate a right to privacy. Previous court decision in the 2021 Heartbeat Law ruled that law was unconstitutional. Three judges were in the majority on that decision, and all three wrote different reasons why they were in the majority on that decision. So the state house and the legislature passes new legislation, the 2023 version of this law. Signed into law by Governor Henry McMaster, we were there that morning as he signed it, we got to hold the bill... Um, and we had to hold a law, actually, immediately enjoined in the court. The governor's office requested emergency motion to get it to the court. They heard oral arguments on Tuesday, Mitch. It was incumbent, and you made a good note of this when we left. The burden of proof
1: Mm -hmm.
0: is on the plaintiff. Yes. Uh, The state is defending the law. Correct. It's it's incumbent on on the, the plaintiffs or on those who are suing who believe they have standing to present a good case as to why this law is unconstitutional. Right,
1: right. Did they do that? In my opinion, no, they did not. Um, as as you and I both, as we were walking away after we had done our um, live stand-up, uh, re- kind of recapping um, uh, the time spent in the courthouse, what, what I do love is that it's not long like a day of jury duty, Ooh. which could, you know, 9 to 3 and you get a lunch <laughs> break. Woo! This is uh, 30 minutes for each side and a 10-minute beautiful. rebuttal from... The defendant. Uh, in this case, it was the state defending the constitutionality of the heartbeat law. Uh, the plaintiff side, uh, Planned Parenthood South Atlantic, at all. Uh, I don't think they did a good enough job, uh, or or met that burden of proof in declaring why the heartbeat law, heartbeat act, is unconstitutional. Um, I think they should, if 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 it was. Uh, a focus on privacy, they the um, the attorney did not spend nearly enough time no. uh enumerating why um, the private privacy concerns were unconstitutional, and and th- there was a lot of back and forth between Chief Justice Beatty and the state states attorneys, and a little bit of back and forth between Justice Few and uh, the Planned Parenthood attorney on PP1, which is the first case that was heard last fall and was decided upon this past January. Uh, A lot of time in Planned Parenthood 1 was spent on the privacy aspect of the state constitution. When And
0: when can a woman know that she is pregnant? So when can
1: she know versus when should she know a lot of discussion or, or some discussion uh, in oral arguments was centered around that. Sure. A lot more of that is uh, specified in the written briefing uh, as opposed to the oral arguments. And, sure. of course, the oral arguments in those 30 minutes is just a brief summation of of the, the state's defense of the Heartbeat Law and Planned Parenthood and the Greenville Women's Center's um, uh, attack, if you will, of the Heartbeat Law. I, I don't think that Planned Parenthood and the, um, the plaintiff did a good job of, uh, not say a good job, I don't think they met the burden of proof when Correct. it came to telling uh, us and the supreme court for that matter why this law is unconstitutional
0: Uh, no question i don't don't think they did a good job with that at all now here is we got two clips for you we're going to play them back to back these are both state attorneys uh and lambert giving you overall a summation that a total of five differences that they believe separate this piece of legislation from the 2021 version of the legislation they believe the the constitutionality questions have been answered here in their own words. Here you go, back-to-back clips. So hang with it. Here, here's where the state draws the distinction between both versions of the law. But I think that Justice to this really goes back to Justice Kittredge's very initial question of
1: what were the changes that were significant. I think you the listed
2: other two, and maybe I missed the third one. Just list the third. What one. was so, the sorry. second one? I, I'm not sure. The second one, right? So, I, I so, thought you blended it all into the first
1: one. So, Why don't you just start over? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I I appreciate that. So So I think one is the repeal of the informed choice finding. Two, we have a changed definition of what is a clinically diagnosable pregnancy. And three, we have a
0: changed definition of contraceptive. Now, why are those changes significant? Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the court, I'd like to get directly to Justice Kittredge's question about why is this act different than the 2021 Act? And I want to focus on two points in particular. One is the change to the expression of the state's interest from legitimate to compelling. And the second is the removal of the finding on informed choice. I As the, there were some specifics there, and we won't dive into the you know legal minutia of everything. However, I, I do believe it's important to understand – that the change of the state's interest in the legislative finding to yes. being a compelling state interest is important. Number two, removing that language of informed consent. Mm-hmm. What that legislative finding did in the 2021 law, when we look back at it, when we look at it with hindsight, that legislative finding undercuts the entire legislation. Yeah, And, and, and so that creates a constitutional question that the judges then would have to work out. Now, again, I believe they ruled incorrectly in the previous law. I... I don't believe that that law was unconstitutional. However, that legislative finding gave basis yeah. to it being found unconstitutional. Gave them some leg to stand on. I should sure. say.
1: sure. And and there there was a uh, from Justice Few uh, during PP two Planned Parenthood <laughs> two. Uh, yeah. the, we're going to start turn the, the, the fetus. Of, uh, uh. The, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a great yeah. terrible movie Sharknado uh, Sharknado eighty five yes. Um, Justice Few talked about an expansion of choice for the couple or the mother in this case yep. um, in regards to some of the new declarations and definitions of contraception and the availability of contraception. Of course, Planned Parenthood's argument is that that contraception has been available since day one according to Obamacare the Affordable Care Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I would say there is that it's it's okay – for state law to agree with federal law, uh, as we've seen in several other instances over time, sure. um, the same argument, whether you're for or against hate crimes, could be made of a state law that would make it available or to, to be prosecuted as at the state crime, yeah. level as opposed to only at the federal level. So. It's fascinating, and I'm I'm no legal scholar. I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express one time. (laughs) Um, But I think it's important to say that sometimes arguments go both ways. And so Planned Parenthood's argument, um, I won't say was uh, fallacious, but I will say I, I viewed it as being lacking in some of its tenets or merits.
0: Well, well, I think the argument mainly, and this is from someone sitting about five rows back. Yeah. Um, the argument seemed a bit befuddled. There were serious times where I thought, are, are they like, are we having trouble reading our paper?" It, it felt. Yeah. It felt like there was some confusion. It felt like there was some nervousness. It, I, I can't it, explain which it. Would be the. I mean, if it's I were ple- if I
1: were pleading a case before the state supreme court, I think I'd be. I, I think I'd be a little nervous as well. I mean, my. I. I I don't know about you, but I still get sometimes get those butterflies.
0: Well, sure. Um, but the but point, the point, the point being is, that it's not a good argument when the argument is mainly, and I'm gonna, I, I hate to broad brush this, but the argument was mainly the legislature doesn't respect the core. Well, that's where they started. And I can't start, believe we're here again. You're inflating the ego. But here, mm-hmm. uh, the attorney for Planned Parenthood, uh, the, the main argument was that there are no differences between the 2021 law and the 2023 law. And so because of that, we just need to look. You just need to go right back to your 2021 decision.
3: That's right. Copy,
0: paste, and put it out today because it's the same thing. And so on that note, Justice James begins Mm. to really drill down a bit here. And you're going to be a, you know what? Let's just watch the clip together. And then we'll come back and have some thoughts for it.
3: First, because SB 474 operates exactly the same as SB 1, Appellants are collaterally a stop from arguing that a six week ban does not violate the right to privacy.
2: Where are the words six weeks in this bill?
3: Uh, Your Honor, the words six weeks do not appear directly in the bill.
2: It's not a six week bill.
3: Uh, It's a ban on abortion after the detection of fetal cardiac activity. Um, Dr. Farris has attested.
2: uh, We went through that extensively with Mr. Hydrick. That's not what the statute says. And does that make a difference? it ties into this question. During the last oral argument, I asked counsel for Planned Parenthood uh, when she would draw the line uh, or when she would say the state had an interest in protecting the life of the unborn. And I even, I think, went up to 8.9 months. And she said, they're not asking for that. And I think she uh, went back to basically what the Roe versus Wade framework would have been. Is that your thinking?
3: Uh, first, Your Honor, with regard to the ban at fetal cardiac activity, uh, Dr. Ferris has attested to the fact that that can be uh, detected as early as six weeks and sometimes okay, I'm, I'm, even I'm earlier wor- than I'm that.
2: working back toward that. So where would you draw the line uh, as a legislator?
3: I'm not a legislator, legislator, Your Honor, and I think with regard to what this court is looking at but and you what you agree
2: it did, the legislature make, implements the policy uh, or makes the policy decisions?
3: The legislature does make policy determinations, but the Constitution of South Carolina is the backdrop, and in this case, Article One, Section. Well, Council, you would have to agree that the legislature have, has a legitimate interest in this matter, would you not? Uh, yes, Your Honor, the legislature does have a legitimate interest in this matter. They've characterized. What is
2: the interest?
3: The legislature has characterized their interest as compelling. This uh, is actually uh, what?
2: What is in,
0: it? Has an interest in what?
3: Uh, it it claims that they have an interest in uh, fetal life.
0: So a couple things on that. (laughs) Number one, thank you, Justice James, for actually trying to drill down somebody on this. Mm -hmm. But again, we're pulling the veil back on several different arguments here. The first thing is the continued characterization of a six-week bill. And now we do that too. We say it's six weeks because it's the easy way to make this argument. However, the state's lawyers made a very good point earlier in the day and, and by that point, earlier in the hour. It wasn't like this argument took place three hours after theirs. 30, 45 minutes before this, the state's lawyer, uh, Heydrich, said this is six weeks at a minimum. It could be seven. It could be eight. Sure. It could be nine. We th- It varies, and there are scientific studies to show that it varies. So the fact that she kept referring to this as a six-week ban, Justice James said, wait, hold on, hold on. Where is that written in the bill? Mm-hmm. And again, I've made this point with certain senators on the floor, Mm -hmm. certain house reps on the floor. Know what is in the legislation. Yeah, that's important. Uh, It's the same thing that happened in Florida with the Don't Say Gay bill. It's the same thing that happens here with the Heartbeat Bill. In plenty of of scenarios, we talk about things that are in a bill that aren't actually in the
1: bill. Well, I think it goes to the notion that the court of public opinion is often the one that determines what is known about a bill. Sure. Don't say gay bill. Perfect example of that in in Florida. Sure. And so whoever wins the messaging battle is the one that controls the narrative. In this right. case, I think that Planned Parenthood, in their uh, attempts to, or, or the pro-abortion crowd, in their attempts to continually narrow down the argument, this is a six-week bill, this is a six-week bill, nine weeks, 12 weeks, Listen, when we start attributing numbers and assigning weeks to a human being's life, I, I think we're treading on dangerous ground. Sure. Uh, yeah, and I don't think that that's okay. I think what's important for us to understand here, above all else, above competing interest, above compelling interest, above uh, when a woman can versus when she should know, all of that, this is a pre-born human Yes, a baby, yes, innocent, voiceless yes. child in their mother's womb. That's that's important. Uh, I w- I would say it's, Nemo, it's paramount importance in this situation. Chief Justice
0: Beatty actually kind of led to that point even though I'm sure in his decision he'll call it a clump of cells. A um, amorphous cluster of correct. cells. <clears throat> also, what's interesting is she quoted, she cited a Planned Parenthood doctor that said fetal cardiac activity can begin as early as six weeks in order to justify calling it a six-week ban when in fact proponents of abortion say that fetal cardiac activity is made-up sounds to that's continue a, the white that's patriarchy. just a
1: Doppler machine d- doing its Doing its thing, right? Stacey Abrams calling. It's a le- uh, it's an electric signal or something
0: like that? electronic signals that are made up sounds to expand the white heteronormative now, patriarchy.
1: We're going to play a game, really quick. I do love you know games. what? Do you know what part of the body emits electronic or electric signals?
0: It's either the brain or the heart. the The brain, yeah.
1: The brain sends an electric signal to, to the, the heart to tell it to beat. Yes. So not only are we talking. Heart activity. I'm We're smart. also talking brain
0: activity. Well, here's Good the job. thing. Proud of if you. If you. He's get, gonna leave me hanging. If you get, if you get close, if you get close to the logic here, it can hurt your brain. Whoa. Um, the legislature, and then and then she argues. And again, I'm sorry for assuming genders here, but I'm just gonna assume. She argues that the legislature says they have this interest, this compelling mm-hmm. interest. And Justice James, with a very a simple what? question, a compelling interest in what? No, a compelling it's interest a in what? Dirty four-letter word. And then, and then, and then uh-huh. she's like, "Well, they claim they have an interest in fetal life. And life. You, can hear, you can hear just the life. The gurgle. Um, it's oh, never mind. I'm not gonna say it. Life. I'm not gonna say well, it. Mean, it could be it. A- well when you're arguing for satanic practices. I'm sure life isn't very valuable. Well, it could be a puppy. So, speaking of satanic practices, we'll keep you All updated. Right. On, you, we'll keep you updated on the Supreme Court. We don't know when a decision is going to come down. We couldn't. We couldn't even dare to speculate when a decision will be released. We don't know. We can. Later this summer. We, you yeah, might yeah, guess. Yeah. Uh, hopefully before football season. Uh, but the court moves slower Speaking than before. Speaking of time. football
1: season, I cannot wait for football season. You want to know why I can't wait for football season? Why? Because then the summer of pride will be over. That's a segue,
0: my friends. <laughs> yeah. So. We are, it is June 29th. So tomorrow we will all uh, rip, our, rip our robes and tear our breastplates and put ashes on our forehead and walk around in sackcloth because our high holy month of pride is coming to an end. And I know what you're thinking. Thank God. But sometimes I crack myself up. But sometimes, <laughs> but some, there are some people in positions of authority that want to continue. Our our um extolling and our gratification of pride. One of those is Richard Levine. You know Richard Levine, the health admiral who's a man who you thinks he's a being, woman.
1: You are being so patriarchal. I here. hope we get ripped off of YouTube for this.
0: Here's here's what here's I what I refuse Richard, to call him Rachel, by the way. Here's what Richard Levine wants you to know about the summer of pride. Hello, my name is Admiral Rachel Levine. And I have the honor of being the Assistant Secretary for Health
1: at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride, Happy Pride Month, and actually, let's declare it a Summer of Pride. Happy Summer of Pride. Hey everyone, I'm Richard Levine. I no, want to have a Summer of no, Pride. No, that's not what Richard says. Richard says, <laughs> "Now I'm going to take a shot across the bow, and if this is you, I am so sorry." If anybody ever includes their title in their name, yeah, yeah. my name is Admiral <clears throat> Rachel Levine. Richard. Richard.
0: Richard. Richard. Dr. Jill Biden. Historical figure, Kareem Jean-Pierre. It
1: drives me up the wall when someone says, He's elitist. my name is Dr.
0: <laughs> Mitch Prosser. If you, he actually, he actually it, says that every time he walks into the room. No, actually, you, no, he but, announces. If if
1: I ever say what my name is, hi, I'm Mitch with Palmetto Family. <laughs> I'm like,
0: it, uh. that
1: maybe with Palmetto Family is my middle name now. Yes. I don't know um, if anybody ever says my name is Admiral. Admiral. chances are that's a made up title only to fit them into the position that they've been affirmatively actioned for selected for not necessarily even merited to attain. We'll get to that in a minute. Um yeah. It I I, I, I there aren't words. There aren't words. If you ever hang around anybody in real academia at, and it's a kind of a joke when someone says I'm Dr. so and so. No, no. Usually that's a degree mill. Usually that's fake. In this case, it fits perfectly into sure. the narrative of I'm admiral. Has has this man ever commanded the fleet? I mean, why not general? Why well, not?
0: Well, he probably really loves the song in the navy by Wy- by the village people.
1: <clears throat> why not commandant? Why not high potentate? Why not? Hey. <laughs> Why not? I mean, let's make up another title and see if
0: that one sticks when you throw it against the wall. Well, well, I mean, I'll get—I'll credit Richard. I mean, I want Christmas to be all year long. You, you, Christo fascist. I w- I, listen, I'd love Thanksgiving. I—I I pretty much have made Thanksgiving an entire week. Um,
1: How dare you bring your Christian beliefs in this made-up holiday of? Jesus' birth. Which is actually a pagan celebration. By the way, <laughs> by the um, way uh, Hobby Lobby has their Christmas decorations out already.
0: Uh, and don't ask why a grown listen, man with Hobby Lobby. We, because Hobby, looking at you, Christina? Because Hobby Lobby's amazing. Uh, well, I mean, Hobby Lobby's that, actually got some pretty good the, stuff. Uh, I mean, yeah. They actually and have some pretty good Christian stuff. Including Christian books in the uh, checkout line. They have Christian books and Joel Osteen but books. They're, and they're, so they're, the point is... yeah. Um, you have Richard Levine, who wants to create a summer of pride, and that's the thing, because one week isn't enough, one day isn't enough, one month isn't enough. We need a whole daggone year to celebrate pride, which, again, I want to make sure you understand, pride goes before the fall, and a haughty spirit before destruction. Every single one of us, bring your every single one of us struggles with pride. Yeah. Absolutely. Every single one of us struggles with ego, pride, putting ourselves before others, putting it's ourselves before God. It is a destructive pattern that all of us struggle with, and to celebrate something so destructive is bad. Now, I've also been told reliably that these folks in the pride movement— we are mischaracterizing them by saying they're coming after our children. You know, J.P. Sears is a comedian. I don't know yeah, if you know yeah, J.P. Sears. Yeah, yeah. He, he had the a guy video. guy with the long red, red hair. hair. He had a video the other day. It was really funny. He said that the best way to show your freedom in swimming is you should just swim in the buff. And when your weird, when your weird blue-haired relative says that you're being inappropriate, just say, well, I'm heading to the library shortly to wear the same thing to read I'm the children. I'm swimming to the library. She'll, she'll be totally fine with it. Um we all understand what's happening, that drag shows for kids and drag queen story hour for kids, everything about the pornography availability, we hit it's on this a year like, ago.
1: It's almost like someone a year ago was saying, they're coming for your children.
0: Wow. And all of that, by the way, is based on the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir when they in 2021. Coy, they uh, so
1: coy in their att- att- attribution. And, and uh, we're just joking.
0: Well, <clears throat> now we have marchers. I cannot show you the video. We'll play the audio. You don't want the video. I can't show you the video because there is a woman with pasties, so we can't show that video. Are you sure it's a woman? Yeah, uh, I can assume. Um, that's it's never good. It's never good to assume. Uh, but we, we'll play the audio, so you're going to see our faces during this. We can't. We can't show it because I don't want to spend the time trying to blur somebody out. I'd rather just get the editing done. So. Um, we're going to play this audio for you real quick. Here, Here's what it sounded like in New York City over the weekend. Okay, so they're saying, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Now, I really want to thank NBC News because NBC News would like us to know that chant has been taken out of context. because course, because. Just joking. Because. No, no, it's not that they're joking, Mitch. It's not that they're joking. It's because. It's all just words. But the coming for your children chant has been used for years at pride events, according to longtime March attendees and gay <laughs> rights activists, who said it's one of many provocative expressions they use to regain control of the slurs against LGBTQ people. Yeah. So we're not really coming for your children. We're just saying it because you say it, and we're going to take back control of it. We're going to own the fact that we're coming after children, not the when you think it is. The, they're, they're just
1: words? Is that expression? Expressly stated in this article they're just words it's all
0: just words griffin said yes it's because all presented to fulfill their worst stereotypes of us like oh. uh, they've uh, griffin said they've chanted obscene things in the past like kill 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 we're coming to kill the mayor and joked about certain things and certain hair and then people at the drag march regularly sing the song god is a lesbian so it's it's super satanic uh,
1: well yeah and what they're doing i get i get what they're doing what they're doing is trying to elicit a a a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A violent response
0: it's from the Christians. Face, it's the face tattoo syndrome.
1: I've watched it before. I've literally watched it with my very own eyes where someone uh, who is opposed to a uh, veteran, in this case, called that man that was a veteran. He was wearing a veteran's <sighs> hat. He said, you're nothing but a baby killer. And uh, the veteran, uh, you know, being who he Rightly was. Rightly should be angered by that. Got to shut and of course then assault. police uh, yep, that's it. It's assault. So the same thing is happened happening here. Let me tell you Christian, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, do not do not react to these people. Be proactive. Continually speak the message uh, use their words. They're just words, but they're words. Use they're their words. For your they're coming for your children. So when the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir, or the people marching down the street in New York City, or North Carolina, or South or Carolina, South Carolina, uh, right out there, it's famously warm, famously he- hot here in South Carolina. Uh, That's in
0: October, you excited?
1: <laughs> That's college you, think, you, think we're gonna, you think we're gonna
0: get you think we're gonna get no. you think we're gonna get yelled at again. For simply stating the things that are happening? I hope so. I hope so, too. Um, to your point, though. To your point. We have to... The words they're saying are that... They are words, but words have meaning. Yeah. Um, well, well, some of them do. I don't think cisgender has a meaning. But words have meanings. And you need to take people, when they say something, mm-hmm. take them at their word. Yeah, And take sure. them for what they mean. Yeah. The the interesting part about this is all of this is broiling to the surface, Mitch, ahead of a 2024 election. And the whole world is for this, right? All of at least all of America. Well, all of them. Well, well, get uh, w- uh, The argument is that most Americans are for this, when actually seventy-five to eighty percent of Americans believe in the binary gender construct, which is biologically correct. And in fact, European countries are now putting a stop on transgender surgeries for children under the age of eighteen. They're letting adults do it, which I still have a problem with. But children are escaping this in Europe. America is really the last frontier of this being done to children. But all of this is broiling ahead of the 2024 election. And centerforpolitics.org is where you can find this, the Virginia Center for Politics. This is a uh, Sabatos' um, crystal ball looking at the 2024 so electoral, conjuring? electoral college ratings. I don't support going to mediums. <laughs> However, we're looking at how competitive the race will be. I like the large. Usually, uh, for, for this one, they are considering they are considering a rematch of the twenty twenty election, and right now the polling data would support that Joe Biden versus Donald Trump. Yeah, you're, looking, a-
1: you're looking at sabatosis Crystal Ball. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna pull up the other one.
0: Uh, it, it appears that President Biden is on course for renomination. It appears that. Um, Robert F Kennedy Jr. and Marianne Williamson will not be able to collect their star crystals in order to beat him. So Marianne Williamson, I actually actually kind of enjoy listening to Robert F Kennedy sometimes. So just based on this map, we see a couple different things. Number one. South Carolina is firmly, safely Republican. Yeah, deep, least shocking thing of the whole map on, on two hundred and seventy to win. All, dot com other well. than California being a solidly Democrat, there are right now they are putting the base of this crystal ball in this kind of election, a Trump versus Biden election. Mm-hmm. Democrats, the floor is already two hundred and sixty. And the floor for the Republicans is 235, with 43 electoral votes there in that toss-up category. The toss-up states, according to this uh, preview, Arizona with their 11, Nevada with their 6, Wisconsin with their 10, and Georgia with their 16. They do have North Carolina leaning Republican. That will be an interesting watch. And they have Virginia likely Democrat. Uh, Another interesting note, New Hampshire is leaning Democrat. That could be a flip. In 2024, rid the right candidate at the helm, and Ohio is likely Republican, along with Texas and Florida and Alaska. The point of this, Mitch, is that the race is highly competitive. It will be another highly competitive race. We'll see. Self filtering mechanism. We'll see what plans are made and how we deal with the 2024 election like we did in 2020 where we just threw out a bunch of state laws and said, the heck with it, vote however you want. Mm-hmm. We'll see whatever we decide to do there in certain states. But we do know that this will be a competitive race. Oh, Very much so. Former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley, former U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, mm-hmm. the, uh, a couple days ago said that we are not r- campaigning against Joe Biden. We are campaigning against Kamala Harris. <clears throat> An interesting take, but one that I'm I'm sort of willing to get behind because they've tried and tried and tried to sell us on Kamala Harris. Right? They over tried and over and over and over it again. She's the czar of the southern border. It's gotten worse. She's the czar for AI. Come on, really? She needs artificial intelligence, and so. <laughs> Or any intelligence, or any intelligence at all. Um, Sorry, the combined no, the combined IQ of the White House right now between President and Vice President is seven. So we have an issue here, by the way, and that's fine if you disagree with me there. But name one constructive thing Kamala Harris has done in her time as a senator or as Vice President. I'll wait. The point is, they're trying to sell us on her. She appears on this show, on this interview. Uh, this is Kiki Palmer. I don't know who Kiki Palmer is. A day, a day show host of some sort. Kiki, pa- I don't know who Kiki Palmer is. I'm not. Uh, if you know who Kiki Palmer is, put it in the comments
1: section. Let me below. know. <laughs>
0: um, this is the interactive portion of the show. <laughs> listen, listen to the constructive conversations we have with the sitting vice president of the United States, who is just one very feeble heartbeat away from being president of the United States. <laughs> Maps and such. <laughs> here's here's what here's what Kamala. Camilla, whatever, is getting asked by Kiki Palmer.
3: Would we ever get a Madam VP Converse line? Oh, that's interesting. I do love my Converse. I mean, you wear them well. I have all kinds of different colors <laughs> and high top and low top. I prefer the low top. If I did, I'd probably want like a like a freedom line, you know, Right? Can you see that? Absolutely. It would be some... Freedom would be on on the converse. Mm. You know, freedom. Freedom to be. Freedom to... I am free. Right? Right? I am free. Free to march. Free to to walk my talk. Madam (laughs) VP, Kamala Harris's... Freedom
0: Freedom line. Freedom
3: line. Freedom
0: line. I'm so glad we
1: made that up on the spot. Freedom. They didn't even talk... did they even talk about that before they started this interview? Here's the thing it doesn't matter so. because. Well, it does. It does. It, it requires forethought in order to
0: conduct a, 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 a coherent. Hard hitting news interview. Coherent. Hard hitting interview. interview
1: about. Even if it's about Converse shoes, at least say, hey, we're going to talk about Converse shoes today. You know, like one of these things where we actually like plan it out. They don't even have. She doesn't the, read
0: the briefings. Kamala Harris does not read the briefings. Okay. It's wildly reported by every staffer ever she doesn't read the briefing. Frida 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 Mart. The only thing Kamala Harris has ever done constructive for the No, no, let Frida me say that back. Think? The only impact that Kamala Harris has ever had either inside the Senate or inside the White House is to accuse Brett Kavanaugh of being a gang rapist. That's the only thing she's ever done. Hot take, you heard it here. Freedom. And the only reason she's the vice president right now is because she's a woman and she's African American. That's it. You
1: you mean she met certain demographic criteria in order Correct. To-
0: also she's Asian American as well. So she's she's checking the multicultural boxes and the gender boxes. But isn't
1: her father from Jamaica? Yes. So that makes her also Latin American? I,
0: I don't Isla? know. She was also raised in Canada, so. Wait. But she did participate in a march for freedom, where she fell out of a stroller. Uh, I was going to say she and, was in a stroller and, and baby say freedom, and and so she from wants, a stroller. She wants a freedom line of Converse shoes. F- Will be w- without a doubt the least sold Converse ever. I don't. I don't know. Maybe they'll put like a little Liberty flag on the back, like a star. No, They'll put a Pride flag on it. True freedom. Now, one would say that the nation is in great distress with her as vice president but that's not the only reason the nation is in great distress it's because the biden administration is trotting this line bidenomics (laughs) and and trying to get ready to frame the the 2024 election for president biden believed in Bidenomics, you're
1: having a yard sale this Saturday. Hey, nothing wrong with a good yard sale. Uh, no, a th- state no, sale. Th- there's nothing wrong with it, but you're trying to pay off like the credit card and just buy milk.
0: By what you Milk is expensive. You, Gas is teetering yes, around three. Yes, exactly. You know what you can attribute that to? Bidenomics. Bingo, Bob. But here's the thing. While talking about Bidenomics, President Biden decided that he wanted to address why we should trust him when it comes to Gen... China. He wants to address it. Here's, here's President Biden talking about uh, China and hiking the foothills of the Hekalemlin with, with Xi Jinping.
4: I've long said, and I mean this, I was on the Tibetan Plateau with Xi Jinping. I traveled 17,000 miles with him. I've spoken with him more than any other head of state because it started when I was vice president and President Hu was the president. And he was the vice president. We knew he was going to be successful. It was inappropriate for Barack to spend that time with him, but I I spent a lot of time with him. I met alone with him, just he and I, and a simultaneous interpreter 68 times, 68 hours, 68 times, more than 68 hours. By the way, I turned in all my notes.
0: By the way, for what it's worth, just a quick search. Um... Hu Jintao was the leader of China. I'm not going to make the joke. But Xi Jinping assumed office in 2012. which meant he So had the entire years. second half of Biden's tenure as vice president, he spent Xi Jinping, well, someone had to collect the money, <coughs> hey, spent that spent that time with Xi Jinping prior to twenty twelve. I was hiking in the Tibetan foothills. I traveled seventeen thousand miles. Some... Seventeen thousand miles. Is they he went... getting is he getting the song confused? Because the song is I, I would, would walk, walk five hundred miles, miles. And then I would walk five hundred more. <laughs> just da da, da. just da, da. to be the man who'd walk five hundred miles to wind up at your door. Da 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 and right now We're all that's in all that's in President Biden's head is da 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 the thing. He's not well. He Sad. can't. He can't. And I'm not making fun of the man. Sad. He, yes, uh, two days ago or a day ago, he said that President Putin wa- or leader Putin was losing the war in Iraq. Um, thank you to the Associated Press for cleaning up the quote in your tweet uh, where they omitted that part. We have a Melbatost president. And when I say Melbatost, I don't mean boring because he's anything but boring. But it's the same kind of IQ level as Melbatost. And we have, we have a serious issue when he's openly lying, openly not being truthful. He's told this story so much, he believes it. It's the same as the oil slicks on the windshield, as the two gay guys making out in 1872, as it's just the same. It's, it's all the same. Or go, 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 go. Have keep the faith, Joey.
1: No, Joey, spread the faith. When you when you go to the grocery store later today, look for corn pop. He'll
0: be there. <laughs> corn pop, yeah. Or the kids wanting to rub up my and down oh, my hairy legs. Stop, stop, stop. That, stop. that one probably did stop. happen, but stop. But <laughs> the point is, the point is, we don't. <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could be nice, and I am trying to be. I am trying to be uh, honorable, and trying to not be too mean. But when the president of the United States stands up and says that he's walked 17 or traveled 17,000 miles with another head of state, 68 hours, then he turned in all of his notes, by the way. That. He turned in all of his notes, by the way, a veiled shot at the former president in the document scandal. Um, I don't even know where we go from here. Miles in an hour. And by I, the way, I don't just mean on the show. I just mean... Like, um, ever. 17,000 miles. All right, Sixty eight. He, he, he sixty-eight hours and seventeen thousand miles.
1: Sixty-eight is that sixty-eight divided by seventeen thousand, or the other way around? I think it's the other way around because that'd be point zero zero four. He was traveling at light speed. Uh, All right, uh, you you keep going. While you I'm look doing, that up, math. We're about
0: we're about to wrap up the show because we've <laughs> we've we've gone off the rails. We've been off the rails since we welcomed you in. In the October term, with in a six to three decision. Two hundred fifty miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the equal protection clause in the Fourteenth Amendment was in question based on the affirmative action usage of Harvard and the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Which, by the way, looking forward to Saturday, tip September second at seven thirty. Supreme Court will be the only time, only thing to hammer the Tar Heels. That one will be in Charlotte. Um, this decision, these affirmative actions, Clemson playing, no, North Carolina, Carolina, Carolina's playing North oh, Carolina. Okay. We own the state of North Carolina. Uh, so, basically, Harvard and North Carolina at Chapel Hill mm-hmm. were admitting certain students based solely on their race, mm-hmm. and denying the admittance of certain. This affirmative students action at work based on their race. Yes. Now, what I love about this is the New York Times. Supreme Court rejects affirmative action programs at Harvard and UNC, a 6-3 to vote, which I haven't seen the specific vote there, but I'm assuming that is conservatives and libs. Breaking news from the New York Times, Mitch. The Supreme Court rejected affirmative action at Harvard and UNC. The major ruling curtails race-conscious college admissions. Why should college admissions be race-conscious? All but ensuring that elite institutions become whiter and more Asian and less black and Latino. Now, my argument would be if you're smart, you're smart.
1: Meritocracy. Just going to throw that out there. Meritocracy. If you don't know what it is, look it up. And I'm sure most of you, if not all of you, know what a meritocracy is. Long gone. Well, maybe maybe we're being restored in some way, shape, or form by the Supreme Court in a 6-3 ruling that you earn your way, you. Let me say that one more time, just to make it sink in. You earn your way based on merit, based on scores and aptitude, based on previous work, um, not not only inside the classroom but possibly even outside the classroom. And your uh, academic resume, you earn a spot in one of these elite universities. No matter, no matter the color. Of your skin, or whether God made you male or female, you earn that spot.
0: Well, I know we have to get out of here, but I can't leave this without. Justice Clarence Thomas. Incoming. He's going to drop a bomb real quick. Nor do Justice Jackson's statistics regarding a correlation between levels of health, wealth, and well-being between selected racial groups prove anything. Of course, none of those statistics are capable of drawing a direct casual link between race other than socioeconomic status or any other factor in individual outcomes. So Justice Jackson, Ketanji Brown Jackson, the smartest person on the court, according to many, supplies the link herself. The legacy of slavery and the nature of inherited wealth. This, she claims, quote, locks blood. Blacks into a seemingly perpetual inferior caste. Such a view is irrational. It is an insult to individual achievement and cancerous to young minds seeking to push through barriers rather than consign themselves to permanent victimhood. Justice Jackson's race-infused worldview falls flat at each step. Individuals are the sum of their unique experiences, challenges, and accomplishments. What matters is not the barriers they face, but how they choose to confront them. So confront those.
1: So confront those barriers.
0: What what Justice Thomas is saying here is that's his response to Justice Jackson. Right. Her race and feud infused worldview falls flat because individuals. We are the sum of mm-hmm. our experience, our challenge, mm-hmm. and our accomplishments. And regardless of what color your skin is, the United States of America. All you got to do is travel to a different country. The United States of America, even with all of her flaws, is still. The greatest country on the face of the planet. Certainly the freest. And certainly so, the freest. I mean. And without a doubt, the freest can, country. Can you imagine
1: can you imagine a person of any race, color, or creed in Iran saying, I want to go to the best university in the world. Well, not in, woman, in, not in Iran, it. but in the world. Well, if you're a woman, you can't do that. Not only does the best university in the world not exist in Iran, but if you're a woman, if you're uh if you're not a muslim not a muslim yeah and 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 whether you agree with this lifestyle or not if you're gay or lesbian
0: correct y- you're not doing anything there correct um well we have a serious issue and that's okay The point is, and and what we'll leave you with here, because I don't know if we'll be back tomorrow, and we'll we'll try to do a show before July 4th, because I think it's going to be important to talk about our actual Independence Day as we get ready to celebrate America's 247th birthday. 247 years of a continuous free nation under one constitution. Never been done before. Impressive. Never been done before. The world's oldest constitution. And probably won't be done after, until the kingdom reign. Um... You are more capable than the barriers you face. And so I'm going to speak to every person in our audience, and specifically those who might be of racial minorities, who who are pummeled with this sort of stuff every day, that Justice Jackson believes. In America, you have the ability to be whatever it is you want to be, so much to the point that if you're a man, you can be a woman, apparently. We are at that point. And so while we're hit constantly with these low expectations, and you should only strive to be this, and because everything's keeping you down, understand that we have the ability to rise above those things. That we have the ability as Americans to and, and as free people to rise above what keeps us locked into differences and what, and what drives the wedge between us. Yep. So
1: we overcome the bigotry. Of low expectations. Soft bigotry. Soft bigotry. of low expectations, raising up leaders in the next generation. I feel like we've talked about this uh,
0: yeah. on multiple levels before. Check out Palmetto Leads. Plenty of plenty of different things going on here at Palmetto Family. If you'd like to know more about what we're doing here, you can go to palmettofamily.org, subscribe to our email newsletter. There's also a spot on that website where you can invest in the work that we're doing, and we encourage you to do so. You can go to our Heartbeat Bill webpage. We have the link to the oral arguments there in the in that page for you. You can click on it and watch the oral armor It's only about an hour and if you listen on speed and a half, it can really go by at about 30 minutes. Um, on that note, if you would like to learn more about the show here, we have all of our shows available for you on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get the audio version. All of these are available on Facebook and YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe to each of those channels. Give us, a, give us a follow, subscribe, five-star rating, review. That way we continue to bump up. Uh, you have made this. Remember a couple weeks ago we talked about the month of, I believe it was March or April, was our highest month ever. That um, we, we haven't met that here, but we just had this month, in the month of June, was our second highest. Um, so we're continuing to see you guys support our show, and we appreciate it. Thank you for continuing to spread the word about what we're doing here at Palmetto Family. A longer show for this Thursday, but it's because we haven't been with you in a while. We haven't been with you in a while, and news is breaking all the time. And so we appreciate you joining us today for our entire staff at Palmetto Family here, as well as Mitch Prosher. I am Justin Hall. I'm going to try to lag this out until he finishes the paper airplane. This has been the fastest-growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Show.